time in our service where we take some time and we pray for those who are in need. And there's a few this week that we want to uh, mention by name. Uh, we just got word that Lisa Hines' dad passed away over the weekend. Also, the Carol Barr family, uh, she passed away yesterday. And Tuesday will be the services. Receiving will be from 1 to 245 in the sanctuary. And the service will begin at 3. Uh, and also, you may have heard that Stella Henshu is one of our preschoolers here at East Taylorsville. Uh, she's been diagnosed this week with leukemia, and uh, she will start. Or she has already started chemo. Uh, her parents are Ray and Katie Henshu, and uh, she has a brother as well. Uh, his name's Houston. Uh, if you want to send a card to her, anything like that, down to uh, Brenner's where she's at, uh, you can get a card or a gift or a basket or whatever uh, to Ginger Annis, which is her grandmother, and she'll take it down there. Uh, I'm sure there's a host of other needs across our congregation this morning, uh, but as the choir and the praise team sings, uh, if you will just come down meet us at the altar, we're going to pray for these three in particular uh, and whatever needs that you may have as well. So you come on down and let's pray. Every Lord, we come to you this morning, um, Lord, with grateful hearts that we have this opportunity uh, to be able to just come to the altar and bring our cares and our needs to you. And um, Lord, for the Hines family and the Barr family who uh, have both lost loved ones over the weekend, God, we just pray that you'd be with each family. God, that you would just touch each family and uh, just surround each one. Be with the services that are coming this week for those families. And um, may they be a good celebration of life as they remember those who they've lost. And um, Lord, we do want to take some time this morning and pray for little Stella, one of our preschool students here at East Taylorsville. And um, I just want to pray for her parents as they're in the hospital and uh, bedside with her. She's taking chemo treatments. Lord, as a parent, I don't really know what I would do. Um, and so I just pray that you would uh, just touch, touch your body. Um, Some things we just don't understand. So just be with the family in the room and be with the doctors as they diagnose, do treatments, and we just pray that you just touch your little body. Lord, you're good. We've seen you do some great things, and we trust that we'll see you do some more. And Lord, as we have a guest speaker this morning, we just pray that you would be with him and hide him behind the cross. Bring us a good message this morning that's straight from you. We would all leave this morning a little bit more like you because we've opened up your word and studied it together. Lord, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you, choir, for leading us in worship today. Well, it's my honor to introduce someone who is no stranger to East Hillsville Baptist Church. In fact, we're trying to figure out beforehand how long he had been coming. I think it's as long as I have been back serving here, and that was 2006 that um, the Lord brought me back here. Um, so long he's been coming that you can now tell the seasons by his appearing. There's a crisp morning air, the leaves are changing color, and Todd Payne is at East Hillsville preaching. It's been that long, but we are honored to have Todd Payne here speaking. Um, 
preaching for us today and here on behalf as a servant and missionary with Hope Givers International. Hope Givers is one of those missions that, if you look, is not a part of our regular budget giving. A lot of times we'll say when you give to the budget or give when you tithe, that goes to support this or that ministry, and that's true for a lot of missions. But Todd Payne serving with Hope Givers, that organization, they're not part of our budget, so when he comes to speak, um, this is an opportunity for us as a church to support the ongoing, life-changing ministry of Hope Givers International and Todd's Payne, Todd Payne's direct uh, connection with that, and he's going to share a lot about that. So we'd encourage you before you leave, our, our ushers will be at the door, encourage you to be generous as we want to support this life-changing ministry. Also, before you leave, there's a prayer card. Um, Todd will be available after the service up front. There's some on the back table. We'd encourage you to take one of those and uh, continue to pray for Todd. But Todd, you come and bring the message. Thank you for being here today. A welcome. <laughs> How about that? Thank you, Coach. I love you. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to be with you at East Taylorsville once again. Uh, yeah, and I always, I love fall. I'm thankful if you work outside, you don't like the summer season. Sister told me, she said, next time come in the summer. <laughs> Some do love the summer, amen. And, uh, but at any rate, uh, working outside, I do enjoy the fall of the year. If you have a copy of scripture today, I won't waste your time. If you'll turn with me to the book of Hezekiah, chapter number eight. Some of you are actually going to look for that. Nobody even said anything. I was hoping somebody knew their Bible well enough to know there's not a Hezekiah. Anyway, Luke's Gospel, chapter number 8. It's a Man, it sounded biblical, didn't it? So you just thought, I think I'll find that in my concordance, Brother Todd. But at any rate, know your Bible. Amen. It'll help you. It is good. I'm grateful to have my wife with me. My boys are sporadically spread out, one singing at one church, another one at a friend's church. And um, at any rate... My wife is with me, Grace, and I actually have a pastor friend of mine uh, who sat under our Bible college uh, there in, in Rajasthan, and uh, Pastor Spurgeon. If you'll stand, if y'all would uh, please, yeah, thank you. Thank you for, for welcoming him. He's, he's going to have an information card, too, up front afterwards, so please feel free to take one of them and uh, read up about on what the Lord is doing uh, through his ministry in Pomeroo. Um, if you'll throw the pictures up really quick, I'm going to give them time to find Luke because I know they're from Alexander County and it takes them a while at Bible drill. I lost two, amen. So uh, I'll give you plenty of time. Luke chapter 8 is going to be the message today. Um, I, I took this picture to, to show the elephant uh, in, the, in the room. No, I'm just kidding, in the, in the uh, picture because you don't see them uh, normally in Alexander County. At least I haven't. I've grown up here my whole life, even after they built the 6490, I've never seen one on it either, but uh, they're a common animal there, so uh, just to show you a few things about India. Brother, I'm, like I said, I'm going to go through these fairly quick. If you have questions, please feel free afterwards. Uh, I'm never in a hurry to go. If, uh, if, you're, if you are, if you're a race car Christian, nice to meet you. Have a good day. Uh, but if you want to stay around in fellowship like we're supposed to, then uh, hey, enjoy it. I'd, I'd love to talk to you. If you've got any questions, please feel free to ask. We work with over 50 homes in the country of India. Um, you'll see in the pictures, I was grateful to go back uh, for my first time since the COVID season. And uh, we was able to visit over 30 of our ministries that we're affiliated with, thankful to give new clothes and shoes that's provided from churches like East Taylorsville and the many that we go to. Uh, this is actually, brother, you can read that scripture. That's in your language. Amen. 
Uh, but at any rate, uh, that, that is at a, at a home that, that we uh, help with in South India. These are all over the globe as far as the, the nation of India is concerned, north, south, and east and west. Um, Rajasthan is where I started with. You can see us giving shoes there. That's, that's where I got my start, making sure that each shoe fits. And um, it, it's always an honor to, you never know who's, whose foot you're going to uh, put, put a shoe on that'll be the, the great next carrier of the gospel. That's why I take that to heart. Each one of those kids are special. It may be the next Mother Teresa, the next Billy Graham. Uh, but I'm grateful that the Lord is, is doing great things uh, in India. This is one of the homes that we sponsor in western Bengal. If you look at a map in the northeast, you'll find that near the Burma border, as well as the state of Manipur. We have took on this ministry, Tabitha House, which I've told you all about that. We took on 13 new girls there who was born with HIV and will die with HIV unless something has intervened on their behalf. So please pray for Tabitha House. Again, I'm throwing a lot of information at you, I know. You'll keep going. This is the kids' uh, boxes. Pastor Spurgeon, you know of these. Every kid's got one, and he, he raised over 30 kids going through in his orphanage, and I'm grateful to the Lord for what he does. But uh, he'll tell you they have a box about the size of this pulpit area, uh, this, this stand, and it's about a foot deep to 14 inches deep, and inside of that box is everything that that kid that lives in that orphanage, uh, that's everything they have. They don't have an Xbox or a PlayStation. They don't have three and four pairs of shoes. Go on, preach, Brother Todd. Amen. Kids, be thankful. You, you live in the most blessed nation in the world. And it's not by mistake you've been born here. You have a purpose. I just hope that you'll take heart of the story that I'm going to tell you today and be obedient to what the Lord challenges you to do today. Our 49th church, we started building churches in 2000 and, uh, 2003. The Lord put on my heart to build my first church. And some of our churches are small. Some of them built out of thatch and cow dung sides and thatch roofs. Uh, but let me tell you, Jesus didn't die for your carpet or for your wood or for your pew. He died for you. Hey Amen. Thank God for the three of y'all that agree. The rest of you, I hope you'll join in before it's over. Jesus died for you. And uh, this, he didn't die for a building, but I'm grateful for the facilities we've been able to put up in the last 26 years of ministry in India. Um, I, I was challenged by the Lord to start building churches, like I said, in 2003. Time went on. I gave the Lord a couple months. I told him, I said, every reason of, under the sun why I was supposed to just work with orphans. And uh, at any rate, um, y'all ever tried to educate God anybody in the room? Okay, yeah, I was just making sure I wasn't the only one. But I told him every reason under the sun why I couldn't do what he told me I could do. And 49 churches later, I say to God be the glory. We're working on our 50th right now. That's Grace and myself. We, we went to a place where roads don't go. This is actually in north uh, Andhra Pradesh on the Orissa border, Pastor Spurgeon. He is from Andhra Pradesh. That's why I'm telling him that. But at any rate, uh, we walked across about three kilometers, sorry, six kilometers. That's about three miles in. So if you'll go to the next picture, brother, you can see the church that we built in that village. It's been a long time ago, but at any rate, it's amazing what that church did. They've only been a church. And when I say we plant new churches, these tales, well, let me clarify one thing. Okay, are you, everybody listening? Say amen. When we build churches, I'm not saying we build this box and the people that was angry at that box move into that box. Preach on, Brother Todd. I'm going to in just a minute. Because that's, that's all the United States church has become today. Well, we didn't like what they said over here at this church, so we're going we're gonna to find our scratch and sniff version of the Bible, and we're going to move there. 
Stop changing and get your life right. It'll do you a world of good. Amen, Brother Todd. You can't build new churches and have church plants unless you're seeing souls come to Christ. How will they ever know if you don't tell? Who's going to share if you don't? Who's going to shine if you don't? The answer is no one. I'm challenging you today to be what you say that you are and live for the Lord. Uh, that church that you've seen in the previous picture took that gospel to a village two more miles into those mountains that you've seen behind that church. And we went there in January and February of this past journey. We had over 40 people. Y'all know what they did? They read this Bible, and y'all know what it says in there? It says, go tell. And it is crazy what will happen if you actually obey what the Bible says to do. Amen. The Bible has a clear message. Church signs have missed that. We always put on our, our church sign, come see what God is doing inside. You'll never get them. You'll never get them until you go tell. If it's as far as you take the gospel, you're lost. Amen, Brother Todd. One of my favorite pictures, my father-in-law, he, he was baptized July 2022. He, or, yeah, 2022. He passed away. The end of this July this year, my wife and I was there. And I'm grateful, I'm grateful before it was eternally too late that my father-in-law gave his life to the Lord Jesus. He lived his last six years a changed man. Amen. And I'm grateful that's still what the gospel does. As you read, brother, we are new creations in Christ. One of my favorite scriptures. Luke 8, if you're willing and able to stand, I invite you to do that to reverence the reading of the word of the Lord. I've gave you plenty of time, even if you're bad at Bible drill, amen. You're, you're there. Keep a copy of it, look at it. It's going to help you today if you will let it. If you don't, that was your fault. You found your place in Luke 8, chapter, 20, or chapter 8, verse number 22. Say amen. Amen. For the rest of you, find it on your page. It's verse number 22, Luke chapter 8. It says, now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples and he said unto them, let us go over to the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep and there came a storm of wind on the lake and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we perish. <laughs> and then... Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. He said unto them, Where is your faith? They, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and the water, and they obey him. And they arrived. Does y'all's Bible say that too? And, and they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. You may be seated. Father, I pray, God, that you would help us, Lord, as we share your word that you've placed on our hearts, Lord, to be here at East Taylorsville Baptist Church. Bless them, Lord, as they listen. But God, above all, help us to be obedient in what you've called us to do, called us to be. Lord, we want to honor you with our lives. We want to be known as a real Christian, not a fake, not an actor, not a, not a one-hour committer each week, but a true child of God doing and being what we're supposed to be. Lord, we'll never do it unless we stick with you. You're worth it. I'm thankful. 
Lord, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to rightly divide the word of truth that, that you've placed on my heart for these moments that are ahead together. And I thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. I enjoy traveling. I enjoy more watching people. Y'all like watching people? Man, they're fun. Y'all are funny. Amen. I know I am too if you watch me. If you keep your eyes on me, I'll do something that's going to make you laugh or smile. But I was thinking... I've traveled a lot, and I've asked this whether I'm snow skiing or whether I'm in an airport or whether I'm at a bowling alley. I'll go up to somebody randomly, and I'll say, you know what, what do you think it means to be a Christian? You know, if you ask 100 different people what it means to be a Christian, you'll get 100 different answers. That's right. They'll all be different. And uh, Here's some of my most famous ones that I've got. A good person, a churchgoer, a person who has been baptized, a a person from a religious home, a, a person whose good outweighs their bad, a person who gives to the poor, a moral person, a religious person, a Bible carrier. <laughs> the above all that I just mentioned to you are the most popular answers that I get of what it means to be a Christian, but not a single one of them is correct. Amen. If you don't know what it means to be a Christian, a Christian is someone who has been born again. You must be born again. A Christian is someone who has been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Amen. A Christian is someone whose sins have been forgiven them, saved by grace, through their faith, uh, which they put in Jesus. Someone who's been ju justified and sanctified. Someone who's, who has God as their Father, Jesus as their Savior, the Holy Ghost as their Comforter, the Bible as their guide. That's what a Christian is. Are you one? Have you become a child of God? Are you a believer? You've been snatched out of the very pit of hell. You've been adopted into the family of God. You're no longer a family to this world, but your family is the family of God. Someone who is no longer a slave to sin, as the song says, but I am a child of God. Amen. We know Him, and, and, and because we know Him, everything has changed. Y'all remember the day that you met Jesus. If you ever met Him, you'll never forget Him. I guarantee you that. The problem is some people forgot Him because they never met Him. It's not easy to remember something you never knew. Amen. He's different. He's different from the Pope. He's different from the priest. He's, he's not a religious person. He's not a president. He's not a prime minister. He's not a politician. Thank God. Amen. I'm talking about the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the creator of everything that your eye sees every day, who was dead uh, for your trespasses. And on the third day, as the song said this morning, rose again. There is nobody like Jesus, and if you ever meet him, you'll never, ever forget him. I'm not talking about, about fat Buddha. I'm not talking about dead Muhammad. I'm not talking about a cow that used to be our grandpa in the Hindu belief. Say amen. I'm talking about Jesus. Have you ever met him? Amen? Anybody? He is the Lord, and he'll change your life forever. I, I remember when I met him, and since I've met Christ, Everything changed. I walk with him. I talk with him. I dwell with him. You know why? He abides in me. You know he lives in you. And because he lives with you, you have a walk with him and a relationship with him. When you get born again, when you become a child of God and become a Christian, that's the day it starts. That's not the day it ends. Amen? Real Christianity. Man, it's a lifestyle. It is a lifetime of walking and being with Jesus, and I'm afraid today many people claim to be Christian, but there are very few who have stuck with Jesus. In our story today, 
These men are men in the text that stick with Jesus. And in our day, which offers us new problems, new trials, new new bad times, if you will, a pandemic that we've never been through before, uh, credit failures as never seen before, a world that seems to be falling apart at the seam, there has never been a more important time for you to know Jesus than today. If, if I just had more money, Brother Todd, I'd serve him. If I just had better news from the doctor, Brother Todd, I'd serve him. If I just had a better house or if politics was better, if I had a nicer car, I, I would do more for him if the weather was better. Preach on, Brother Todd. Yeah, that's us. We're, we're the book of excuses when it comes to getting on the boat with Jesus. Listen to me today, believer. You'll never live in a perfect world, but I can tell you today, I do know someone who is perfect, J-E-S-U-S. Amen. He's amazing, and if you'll still stay with Jesus and not be wishy-washy in your life, I can guarantee you that it will be said of the community of Taylorsville, there are some real Christians who live in that place because when you live with them, everything changes. By the way, God don't mass produce Christians. You're special. Each of you are a trophy of grace. There is no one who is like you. And I want to put this out there for free. You don't have to be at a big church to be saved. You don't have to be at a little church to be saved. If you're listening online, you don't even have to be at church to be saved. Don't use that to cop out of church next week either. Preach, Brother Todd, but you do have to have Jesus to be saved. You cannot be born again without Jesus. Don't try to put it into the equation. It won't work. Real Christianity will never die. You say, how do you know that, preacher? Because Christ is alive. Go ahead and try to kill him. Give him three days. Amen. He'll be back again. He'll find another believer. You say, why won't he ever die? Why won't the name of Jesus ever die in our world today? He lives in me. Does he live in you? He's alive right now in this sanctuary. Whether you like it or not, whether you're smiling or not, whether you're happy or not, I'm telling you, Christ is alive. Amen. And if you'll stick with him, he'll surely, surely help you through this walk of life. Do you want to be one of them Christians who barely make it through by the skim of your teeth? Or when you get to heaven, do you want to hear these words well? done my good and faithful service somebody here today may be thinking you know what I don't know if I can make it through my tomorrow I don't know this, this boat ride seems rough the winds seem too much the waves are getting too big I don't know if I can make it through I'm here to encourage you today to stay on the boat and stick with Jesus a couple true aspects if you want to take notes or try to remember them but a couple true aspects of what a true Christian is or what it means to stick with Jesus looks like is found in this text and I want to mention them to you number one is the Savior's call the Savior's call if you look at verse 22 the Bible said he said who said he said who's he he's Jesus what had Jesus been doing if you read previously in Luke 8 Jesus has been telling parables all day long and ain't nobody could tell a parable like the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. What is, a, what is a parable, Brother Todd? Well, a parable is a earthly story with a heavenly meaning, and nobody could bring heaven down to earth because nobody was from or was on earth that had been to heaven before except Jesus. Let me tell you, Jesus could tell a story better than Mr. Rogers. Say amen. He was breaking it down to them. All of Luke 8, he's, he's brought heaven down to earth to all these people. They, there was a multitude there, by the way. You can find that in Matthew chapter 8 a lot more clearly 
but there is a multitude of people there in this story where Jesus is getting on the boat and actually Jesus invites everyone in that multitude to get on board with him. So this is the Savior's call and Jesus is telling the story of, of heaven and he's, he's revealing heaven uh, on earth to the people that are around him. And this is what I call, it's a call from the master. Why is it a call from the master? Because he said, verse number 22, he said, not mama said, not daddy said, not the boss said, not your friend said, not your relative said. I'm talking about Jesus spoke to them. The, the living God, he spoke to them. And, and when, they, when they heard that, the master's call, the call was to the minority. The call was from the master. The call was to the minority. If you see there in verse 22, it says, unto them. That's the minority. And the multitudes had been listening. All of them heard the challenge, but the minority was picked out from the challenge. The master called it to the minority, and the call was for movement. What did he say in verse 22? Let's go. We have a term in, in sports. If somebody hits the three-pointer at the buzzer and knocks it out of the park in the last inning and you're behind and the bases was loaded or catches the touchdown in the last second, y'all know what they say? Let's go, right? Let's, let, let us go, okay? Let me break that down in, in Alexander County terms. Let's go, amen? That's what it means. Let's get it. Let's go. Let's go to the other side. And that's what he's saying. Christian life always involves the Savior's call. It's normally going to be to the minority, and it's always going to be for us to be active. Amen. From the master to the minority for movement. Not your, not your spouse's voice, not your pastor's voice, not your parents' voice, not your deacon's voice, not the media's voice, but the voice of the Savior. I'm not talking about the voice that's on channel three or whichever channel it comes on. It's got Blake Shelton, amen, and, and Kelly Clarkson and whatever them other names are, Adam Levine and all them other people, amen. I'm talking about Jesus spoke to them. Has he ever spoke to you? Because if he has, you've heard the Savior's call too, and that's what it means to be a Christian. You've got to hear what he said. He's calling there. He's saying to the 12, you've got to leave, and I know that not everybody's going to do that. By the way, you are the minority, amen. The minority must stand up in 2024 and say, you know what, when no one else will, Brother Todd, I will. When no one else says, Brother Todd, I'll say it. When no one else does, Brother Todd, I'll join you, I'll do it. When no one else acts, I'll act too. It, it, it's for movement, let's go. But we like, whenever we're challenged to do something in Christianity, we like to pull out our own hymn books and blow off the dust from them and sing that blessed song, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Amen. Y'all remember that old Baptist hymn? Preach on, Brother Todd. It's text too. It's scripture too. But I'm telling you, don't use scripture in the wrong way. When God challenges you, let's go. Amen. Let's do what the Lord has called us to do. <laughs> My goodness, I heard Jesus say amen on that. That's right. He fed 5,000. You know what? Everybody showed up. When he said that he was the bread of life in that same John chapter 6, everybody went away. He looked at his other disciples. Isn't that right? <laughs> he said, will you not go also? I love Jesus' invitation, Brother Kevin. Didn't give him a chance. He looked straight at them. Thousands have already left him. You know what? Jesus don't need you. Amen, Brother Todd. But I'm thankful to be called. The Savior's calling us to be involved. And it's still true today. Man, you, you have soul food, you'll have 5,000. You have soul winning, you'll have five. Amen. That's right. If you're a real Christian, 
you're going somewhere. Let us go. So I want to ask you today, is your prayer life going anywhere? Is your marriage going anywhere? Is your Bible reading going anywhere? Is your friendships going anywhere? Is your testimony and witnessing going anywhere? It seems to me today that most Christians are stale and sad and stifled and lethargic and melancholy and hum-ho and boring. I don't know if you, if you noticed on an elephant. Man, I'm telling you, Christianity is exciting to me. And if your Christianity is boring, you need to switch Jesus' somewhere. Because you got the wrong one somewhere along the line. My Jesus is alive. I'm telling you, for me to live as Christ and die as gain, you can ask Brother Spurgeon, we have to smuggle Bibles into India. Yeah, you want to feel like mafia? Join the crew. I don't know if you've ever been wanted by the police for the right reason. I know some of you have for the wrong. Say amen, amen. But at any rate, I don't know if you've ever been wanted in a newspaper for Christ. That's not a good feeling, but I can tell you, serving the Lord has never been boring to me. I hope and pray you know him, but you won't know him unless you hear the Savior's call. Number two, you've got to hear the Savior's call, but there has to be a servant's commitment. That is found in verse number 22 as well. It says, and they launched forth. Do you see that in the text? They did what the Lord had inspired and called them to do. It is interesting that we often hear what the Savior said, but it is seldom that we commit as a servant of God. It is rare that we launch forth. We come to church, we read Bible, the Spirit speaks, we hear the call, but how rarely do we let go from the dock? It's like the story where they left on the ferry and paddled all night and all the members was, was there on the ferry. It was a foggy night after the carnival. They was going back across the big river. They're paddling all night as hard as they could. Come to find out in the morning as the, as the day broke, the fog was starting to lift from the river. They noticed they forgot to untie their boat from the dock. That's a lot of Christians. They leave every Sunday anchored to that pew and never go nowhere. They heard the Savior's call. There is absolutely no servant's commitment. You have to launch forth off of whatever pew, whatever your seat number is. Leave it today and let's go. Amen? Let's go to the other side because Jesus has something waiting there if you'll just stick with Jesus. I, I don't know if you notice in the story, but, but there is no details given. Lord, how many pillars do you got on board? None of your business. What's the weather going to be like, Lord? None of your business. Uh, is there going to be enough room for all of us? None of your business. Uh, and it ain't. You know what? Because they didn't need any details. All they needed was the Savior's call. They committed themselves right after the Savior spoke to them. Church, I'm telling you this today. If you need anything besides the voice of Christ in your life to obey Him, you won't last anyway. Well, what is it involved? How many is going to be there? If you can't, people come to church and they never return all the time, Brother Kevin. I see it in every church. It ain't just at East Taylorsville. And they, they leave church for all the wrong reasons. Well, Brother Todd, I was at church last Sunday and somebody looked at me the wrong way. Let me tell you something. If that's what it took to keep me out of church, I'd have quit a long time ago. Baptists are assassins. Yield-looking bunch of people, amen? I, I wouldn't come back next Sunday, amen? Everybody looks, you got a wrong look. If that's all it keeps to keep you from committing, you're in it for the wrong reason anyway. You never heard the Savior's call. Man, I'm telling you, if, if you want an action book, don't read the Bible. When you get to Leviticus, you'll quit. But you know why I keep reading through Leviticus? 
Because I'm not looking to, to find some, some kind of, uh, of magic nugget in there. I'm reading it because the Savior still speaks to this book. Amen. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is a living, powerful, two-edged sword. There were no, there were no details in, that were given for them to go. There was no delays in their going, though. If you look at verse 22, they launched. They, they did exactly what the Savior wanted them to do. What do I need to know, Pastor? Before I get on the boat, my answer is this. All you need to know is, will Jesus be there with you? And if he will, it doesn't matter who's on board or what the journey entitles. As long as he is with you and you heard the Savior's call, the servant's commitment ought to be easy knowing that he is with you. Thirdly, let me say this. There is a stormy crisis in our text as well, and that is found in verse number 23. It says in this in verse 23, but as they sailed, he fell asleep. <laughs> I love this part of Scripture. That's like a setup. Right? Y'all ever been invited to a party and then the person that invited you to the party didn't show up? And by the way, he's telling us, this is free. Don't invite people to church and you not be there on Sunday after you invite them. Amen. That's right. <laughs> this, this is what I mean. Imagine that the 12, they're, they're on board with Jesus. Jesus had invited them there. They're in the midst of a storm. And where's Jesus? He's nowhere to be found. My Savior's asleep under the boat. But remember this, that he's 100%, he's 100% God and he's 100% man at the same time. And some of y'all are in verse 23 like, Right now, today, at East Taylorsville, you feel like Jesus is asleep. You don't feel like you can find him. He's nowhere to be found. You're looking everywhere. You're in a storm. You know it's falling apart. It feels like it could be the last day, but he's nowhere to be found. It just doesn't, He's there, but it doesn't feel like he's there. That's what we call a stormy crisis. Please notice that it struck the obedient ones. It didn't strike the ones that stayed on the shore. It struck the obedient ones. 2 Timothy uh, 3 and 12 says, Yea, all that live godly will surf, suffer persecution. Yea, all that live godly will suffer persecution. Yea, all that live godly will suffer persecution. Do you know what all means in the Bible? All. I know, that's deep. Write that down. It means you too. If you'll live for him, you're going to have bad days, but I've got good news. You can make it through your stormy crisis. You've heard the Savior's call, and you've committed yourself as a servant to the Lord. Man, why is that diagnosis on me, Brother Todd? I'm living for him. You're right. Why, why did I lose the job, Brother Todd? I, I worked harder than anybody. Right on. Our mindset has become bad things ought to happen to bad people, and good things ought to happen to good people. But please note this today, Taylorsville. If I walk with Jesus, it won't always be good how I think it should be, but it will always be good because he is with me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. It struck the obedient ones. It was seen by others. Can y'all imagine all those other people as they were sailing away? They saw the blacks is brewing over the, over the sea, over, over where they're going out on the lake, and they're like, ha ha, look at them now. They're with Jesus. Ain't you glad we stayed here on the shore? I call them the shoreline believers. Amen. There's a lot of them at churches today. They stay on the shore. They never get on board. They never get in the storm. They're looking important fingers. They're saying, oh, that Peter, that's all he did, talk about Jesus. That Nathaniel, all he ever did, Jesus this and Jesus that. Ha ha, look at them now. And by the way, there's somebody watching you go through your storm today too. Amen, Brother Todd. 
If you signed up to get on the boat because of smooth sailing, you missed the mark. But I can tell you today, he'll never leave you while you're in the storm. He is there with you. It was seemingly overwhelming. In verse 23, if you look at that last word, they were in jeopardy. That's not Alex Trebek, by the way, amen? Their life was in danger. It seemed like it could be their last day. And you may be here, I'm not making light of it, in the biggest storm of your life. Don't leave mid-storm today and get off board. I'm encouraging you. The message today is this. Stick with Jesus. You never go wrong doing right. You did not make a mistake by following Jesus. Amen. Let them laugh. Let the devil taunt you. Let them put you down. But remember, God's way is perfect and right. You did not make a mistake when you got on board with Jesus to follow him after you heard the Savior's call. Savior's call, the servant's commitment, the stormy crisis. May I say this today in our text, there is a supernatural comfort. Man, they're, they're, they're getting on there, but they forget who they're with. <laughs> and I, I, I love, did you see what it says there in the supernatural comfort in, in the verse? It says, verse 24, they came to him, awoke him, and what did they say? Master, <laughs> we... We perish. I feel like he said it with a sissy-like voice. No problem, sissies. I love you. We perish. Peter, give me a piece of paper quick so I can write my will down. This is going to be it. We perish. Huh. But ain't that us? I know we laugh at them, but ain't that us? Oh, Sunday worship when everything's good. Sing it, sister. Preach, brother. Enjoy yourself. On the mountaintop, we don't perish. But when we're on Monday morning in the valley, that's we perish, Lord. That's us. My goodness. I heard it said, some, some wise theologian said, shame on those faithless disciples, the nerve of them to wake up, Jesus. You go ahead with your bad self. Todd's waking him up. Amen? Well, I wouldn't have wakened Jesus. I would have just trusted in the faith of our forefathers. Go ahead and be spiritual. Todd's waking him up. The problem ain't waking him up. The problem is what you say to him after you wake him up. What did he say? We perish. We forget who we're with. See, they was in his direct presence. Did you know you're in his direct presence today? Did you forget who you're with this morning at East Taylorsville Baptist Church? He is here with you this morning. If they came to him, he must be there. Aren't you glad you can come to him today? He is here in this place. Don't forget that. And whether you're going through the ringer today with your family or faith or finances or fitness, whatever it is, the waves are rocking, the, the wind is beating, never forget that Christ is with you, his direct presence. They forgot his declared promise. We're going to the other side. Destination, other side, already been quoted by Jesus. And all his promises are yes and amen. When Jesus says it, it's settled, amen. When God says it, it's settled. It doesn't matter if you like it or not, it's settled, amen. Forever, O Lord, is thy word settled in heaven. Did anybody read their Bible this morning before they came to church? Anybody? Nobody? Amen, there's like three of y'all. The rest of you, Jesus, help East Taylor Baptist Church, because I'm telling you, you need the word. It's still said this morning, Pastor, it's still said, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. It's still said this morning that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. It's still said this morning when I read it, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It's still said this morning, nothing shall separate me or you if you're a believer 
from the love of God. It still said, though, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm with thee. Thank God that the flesh lies, the devil lies, the world lies to us, media lies, politics lies, but God is truth, and you can rest assured what he's told you today and what he's trying to instill in you before you leave God's house. It is settled forever in heaven. What did he do? He got up and he rebukes the, the wind and the water. I, I guess since we're in the south, I put it in hillbilly translation. He looked over the boat and he said, hush. Amen? Hush. I can just see it. Everything, it says there was a great calm. I get hung up, Pastor. I get hung up on what they did after he said what he said. And I'm not talking about what the disciples did. I'm talking about the wind and the water. Y'all ever told the wind to do something? Y'all ever told the water to do something? Well, Lord, my kid has a birthday party this Saturday. We're planning a bonfire. Would you please let the wind be calm? Friday night before Saturday's bonfire, chance of Al Conklin comes on. Chance of wind tomorrow, 900%, 70 miles an hour. Amen? You done went and asked and begged. Or you like me, you sometimes we, uh, part of the house we're doing is concrete, and you're outside. There's no mercy with concrete, man. Lord, don't let it rain tomorrow. Good Lord, don't let it rain. 100% sunshine. Concrete truck pulls in, it's lightning and thunder. Chance of rain, 100% next six hours. You're like, God, please know what it does. Put out the poly paper because you're getting ready to get wet. Say amen. I'm telling you, I've done it before. I've asked you to do it, and it never obeyed me, preacher, but I know a man who can. He can still change the possible or the impossible and make it possible. He still can do that. He has authority over creation, and he still amazes his children. Look at verse 25. What manner of man is this, that even the, the winds and the water obey him? Can I have five more minutes? Is anybody angry? I, I'm about done. If you're angry, go ahead and come up and repent. Amen. The altars are open. Amen. Even the wind and the water obey him. They listen to what he said. Christianity is living fascinated and in awe of Christ. Day after, when's the last time you said, what manner of man is this? Man, you ought to be able to look in East Tailsville Baptist Church and say, my goodness, only God could do something like that. If you never ride through the storm with Jesus, you'll never experience Jesus. If you've never been in a trial, you'll never see it solved. If you've never experienced sickness, you'll never know his healing. If you've never been broken, you'll never know his provision. If you've never been through tough times, you'll never know that he's still away. My goodness, have you seen him do anything greatly lately? Because if you haven't, I'd ask myself at these tales, well, am, I, am I on the right boat or not? His strength is still made perfect in my weakness. And lastly today, let me read this. It says they obey him, and this is what I call the subsequent conclusion. The Savior's call, the, the servant's commitment, the stormy crisis, the supernatural comfort that is there, but there is a subsequent Conclusion. This is what happened. Verse number 26, it says, And they, they did what? They arrived. They arrived. The, the adventure ain't over. It's just begun. Our musicians, I'm going to go ahead and ask you to come. You can, you can take your time, okay? But y'all can come on and start easing up this way. <laughs> 
did my best. Man, I'm telling you what, this is the quickest message I've ever gave at East Taylor. Y'all to praise God. Amen. Everybody's happy today. <laughs> They've just landed. Did I read that right? They arrived? Yes or no? They're there. Interesting. They've just got off the boat. Y'all rode drop zone? Anybody care wins? Remember the first time I rode it. It was an experience like no other. Takes your breath, you fall 700 feet. I'm exaggerating. But you fall forever, it feels like, ah! And you're, you get off for the first time, you're like, what happened? That's the 12 disciples. They've just landed at the gatherings. They've seen he's got power of the deep. They just get off the boat. That, did I say they just got off the boat? They just did what? They just got off the boat. They're in the gatherings. And there's a man, a crazy man who is naked. He's cutting himself. He's hollering. He's out of his mind running up and down the tombs. Y'all like spending time in cemeteries? We will have you checked, okay? I don't like to sleep at prophet's chambers. The, it's a, and so most of the time at church is Brother Kevin. It's right there near the cemetery. Man, I've been sleeping in there. I'm like, man, I hope nothing happens, amen, at the cemetery. It's like in the prophet's chambers, it's like the, the eyes on the pictures follow you, amen, in the room. That's what I, They creep me out. This guy's crazy. Now, I said, Brother Todd, don't call him crazy. It don't matter. You are naked, and you are running around in the midst of a place called a cemetery, and that's where, you, that's where you are. That's where you call home. That's what you feel comfortable with. You are crazy. I don't care if you raise Stevens. Amen. You're crazy. But the next time you see this man, after he's been running crazy, the next time you see him, he's seated with Jesus. He, is he naked? No. He's got clothes. Is he out of his mind? No, he's in his right mind, the Bible says. Is he running? No, sir. He's seated at the feet of Jesus listening to what Jesus said. Man, they, can't, they still ain't got over the boat ride yet. They, they've seen the power over the deep. Now they've seen the power over the demon. Ain't much more left the tombs. There's a lady in the next story with an issue of blood for 12 years. Luke chapter 8 is all there. Read it. She's been bleeding for 12 years. She's tried everything. She's tried the doctor. She tried... She's tried her friends. She's tried, she's tried the herbal. She's tried everything to get her bleeding to stop. She's been there for 12 years. Same issue. Spent it all. Tried her best to fix her problem herself. You know what she does? She creeps up in the back. She's heard about Jesus. Gets a hold of the hem of his garment. And immediately the Bible says, man, I'm telling you what, they still can't get over the boat ride. Their mouths are still dropped over the boat ride, sister. They can't figure out how the wind and the wave abate him. They've seen the power over the deep. They've seen the power over the demons. Now they've watched power over disease, amen. Watch this lady with an issue of blood for 12 years dried up immediately. You don't much more leave that instance. You know what happened? There's a man by the name of Jairus. He has a daughter, 12 years old. She was sick, but by the time Jesus gets there, she's dead. He walks in the room. Y'all remember the story. If don't, please read Luke 8 again. He walks in the room, Pastor Kevin. She's dead. Everybody's making fun. Don't come in. He invites the three guys, his, his three inner circle. Y'all remember the story? Come, come on. Gets there near the little girl, and he says these words, Talitha kumai. It means damsel or maid arise. Y'all know what happens? I couldn't see y'all up here. They put that up there so I can't see you. I didn't know if y'all still here or not. That's why I 
I come down to check. Y'all know what happened? One person knew. She arose. She got up. Preacher, what are you telling me? I'm telling you, they still ain't over the boat ride yet. Power over the deep, power, power over the what? The demons, and then power over the disease, and now power over death. The scripture goes on and on because there is nothing that Jesus does not have power over. But let me tell you, East Taylorsville, here's my message to you today. They see none of it unless they get on the boat in verse 22. And that's my challenge to you today. As you play softly, let's go, East Taylorsville. Let's go. Let's go. Where are we going? Brother Todd's going to the other side. I don't know about you. I meet Christians all the time. I say, I see you. Yeah, I hope to. I don't hope to. No, sir. Todd don't, Todd don't hope to. I know to. I'm going to tell you today when you leave, I see you. If you say, I hope to, I hope you can leave today saying, I know to. I'll see you here. I'll see you there or in the air. Somewhere we're going to meet again if you are a child of the King. But you ain't ever going to get there unless you've heard the Savior's call and you lay your life down a commitment to His feet. You're going to go through some storms. Oh, but there's a supernatural Savior who will get you to a subsequent conclusion that says this. What does it say, Brother Todd? And they arrived, they arrived to the other side. This may be my last ride, brother. If it is, don't worry. If I fall out right here at East Tales, we'll just kick some dirt over me. He's in the air. I ain't there no more. To be absent from this flesh is to be present, hallelujah, with him. I love you, church, and I appreciate you. But don't leave today unless you're a real Christian. You ought to be somewhere in that story. Stand with me, heads bowed, eyes closed. Pastor, that's what's on my heart. As we sing together, just I encourage you to be obedient. Wherever God is, however he's speaking to you, first of all, that you know him, that you've trusted in him as your Lord and Savior. But for some of you, it's just taking that next step of faith to obey him with what he's called you to do. And that can be a scary place. But trust him. As he said, get in the boat because our Savior will never leave us or forsake us. Let's worship as we close this service together and you respond in obedience to the Lord.
Thank you, Todd, for the word that you brought to us today. And I want to encourage you before you rush out again, Todd will be available here at the front. He's got some of the cards, uh, prayer cards that he would like to give you. There's some at the back table. And also a reminder that our ushers will be at the doors and we encourage you to give. If you are not prepared to give here today with check, and the checks can be made out to East Hillsville Baptist Church or ETBC, and we'll make one check out to Hope Givers International. Um, you can also give online. There's a drop-down menu there, and Hope Givers is active for the next couple weeks, and uh, you can give that way as well. But just a reminder, tonight we'll be back on a regular schedule. Um, at 5 o'clock, we'll have all of our activities going on. And uh, just also a reminder that uh, the service for Carol Barr will be this Tuesday, visitation from 1 to 2.45, and the service will be at 3 o'clock in the sanctuary this week. Hope you have a great afternoon. Look forward to seeing you back here tonight. You're dismissed.